A very good evening to one and all present here. This is Joel Peter Verghese and I am the co-founder of Argument a Podcast and I'm also joined by my co-founders Maria and Minat and also the content members of Argument a Podcast Nidli Atul and Rishvi. The webinar titled Legality of Anti-Conversion Laws is led by advocate Rahul Tiwari. So before I introduce the speaker for today, I'd like to thank each of you all for joining in for the webinar and especially I'd like to thank all the students and the practicing professionals as well as part of the of, of the form procedure and especially students from several universities like School of Law, Kaiser Dean University, uh, Banastarli Banast- Banast- Vidyapit, Faculty of Law, Aligarh University, GGSIPU, Utkal University, National University of Study and Research and, and lots more. I may have missed some, but I uh, would love to thank, thank each of you all for making it here. And also special thanks to the Dean, HOD and coordinators of, of SSU Christ Deemed to be University. And once again, I'd like to thank each of you all for joining here. So this webinar is brought to you by Argumenta Podcast and it's a platform to discuss, deliberate and debate on several social, legal and political issues. Mm-hmm. We are also available on several platforms like YouTube, Spotify, iTunes and other platforms as well. So do check it out as well. So now let me introduce the speaker for you. Advocate Rahul Tiwari is the founding and managing partner of LNS Associate, which is an MCA registered law firm. This law firm also provides online legal education and training to law students, and it also offers legal education to, to fresh graduates as well. He's also the panel member of World Cybersecurity Forum, that is WCSF. He's also presented 25 research papers in various international and national seminars in Denmark, NLSIU Bangalore, BHU, CNLU, CNLU Patna, IIT Hyderabad, NLU Odisha, IIIT Allahabad, Delhi University, and has seven unpaid publications in prestigious journals, including the UGC approved one. He's also been invited to be the guest speaker on 43 webinars where he has taught law students about basics of constitutional and criminal laws, including the ones from Law Seco to discuss various legal issues. He's also been invited in NLU Delhi as a resource person in a national conference on protection of women from sexual harassment at workplace. I'd like to welcome Advocate Rahul Tiwari once again as he'll be taking over the session. Also requesting the participants to kindly uh, mute your mics and switch off the videos. And if any concerns or queries you would have with regard to the webinar, uh, with regard to the, the topic at hand, we would uh, like to have uh, put, put it in the chat box. Uh, our moderators of the session would, 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 would be taking it forward and uh, addressing it to Sir as well. And also would request you to stay back and, uh, and, and fill up the feedback form, which will also be put up in, in the chat box as well with regard to the session in order, in order to receive certificates as well. So thank you, sir, once again for coming over and uh, hoping to have a great session today, sir. So it's me, Advocate Rahul Tiwari, and uh, you can definitely connect me on LinkedIn. And uh, obviously, you know that apart from being a criminal lawyer, I'm, I'm also faculty at Study IQ, and uh, this is my 47th webinar actually, where you know I enlighten students and uh, about the legal issues and my personal interpretation of the law. And uh, also that uh, I have uh, I, I have launched uh, paid courses also where I teach the practical aspects of the law. So before moving forward, yes, Joel, this is the webinar. But uh, these first two pages are very basic in nature. You can read it. But before moving forward, I would like to have like few like for next four five minutes. Let's make this uh, webinar a bit interactive. So like. Uh, I'll just take uh, two two answers from each side. Those anti-conversion laws, okay, which is there in India. Do you support anti-conversion laws 
support these anti-conversion laws and why you don't support these anti-conversion laws if uh, to, to answer each and feel, feel, uh, feel free to answer even if you make a mistake it is fine because you guys are here to learn okay you guys are students and <clears throat> and students are bound to make mistakes and you learn from your mistakes so it's okay just raise hand and give me your answer then just give your observation like what is anti-conversion law is all about and uh, do the anti-conversion laws have a place in secular country like India? Yes, then why? No, then why not? Please give me the answer. Please let's make this session interactive. Because see, it's not that I want to uh, behave like the other you know, panel members, panel speakers that, uh, you know, I'll come to this webinar, I'll showcase my knowledge, I'll promote about my course, and then Joel will give me a Thanksgiving speech and then we'll wrap it. No, that's not the purpose. The purpose is to make you and uh, understand because a lawyer is one who uh, thinks critically and as well as analytically. So your analytical skill has to. So please give me the answer. Okay, and that's where I'll move forward. See, and you can see this is a very small document, unlike uh, because in the morning I had a three-hour session with the Gita Institute of Law, Panipat, where I was teaching them uh, about uh, uh, the various aspects of mob lynching, fake news, and media trial. And this one is a very small, uh, in fact, document. So I'll wrap these things very quickly, and I actually want to make this webinar more interactive in nature. So please give me a guy's answer. Like, uh, do you if you support? then why and uh, do you think this laws are right or wrong please give me your observation please and i'll only request that you please give the answers yes i'm i've started noting down the answer and then i'll move forward anyone please give it a try make these things interactive because the thing is religion today has become uh, a, such a sensitive issue that even if you go speak something on religion, you are killed. Okay, so that is why it is very important for us to interact, to talk with each other, to communicate our observation. That is the basic reason. Oh, uh, sir, may I? Yeah, yeah sure, ma'am. Why not? Uh, so, I'm sorry, I couldn't see the raise hand option. So no, 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 I saw that. Cannot see. Okay. Yes, ma'am. Tell me. Yes, sir. so uh, I have just gone through the legislations of different states, which is Marshal Pradesh, Uttar Pradesh, and. Uh, speak loudly, speak uh, am I audible? Yes, sir. <laughs> so, yes, sir. So, uh, one thing what I found uh, common in all the legislation is that uh, they have not really uh, defined what they mean when they say. Uh, uh, conversion through marriage so uh, it says forced conversion but they don't really define how they're gonna uh, what is the elements uh, to be considered when you say it is a forced uh, marriage so we have a lot of judgments which say that uh, uh, conversion tell me a few judgments which talks about forced conversion so yeah, that's uh, a good point but uh, the thing is that is where when it, you know being a lost are you a lost student? yes sir yes sir. okay which year Second year, sir. Second year, perfect. Then, see, uh, ma'am, always remember one thing being a law student now, whenever you make a statement, like I have judged more than 15 multiple competitions, okay? and I have seen that people, while making their argument in front uh, during the moot court, they say, they say they use these words, sir, I think maybe uh, because no, when whatever you speak, speak with full authority. 
even if it even if you are wrong it is fine okay you uh, see suppose you make a false state, wrong statement which you thought it was right but when you realize that no uh, my statement was wrong then you correct your mistake right so always be authoritative and now say so when you have used the word forced conversion what do you mean by the word what is the basic meaning of this word force yes. and i was expecting answer force means you know uh, someone is forcing at a gunpoint no at all convert to this religion but you gave a very perfect answer force means emotional it can be by the way of instigation means i'm instigating you no no adopt this religion you know you will get this reward from the god that reward from the god this is the actual meaning of force so what is your basic viewpoint tell me uh sir i uh, i'm 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 sorry okay, let's make it clear do you support anti conversion law or no no sir you don't support no sir okay why don't you sir? why uh, what's your reason behind this i'll write your reasons i'll discuss all these things in your webinar okay <laughs> yes sir yeah. so uh, first i think uh, when we talk about anti conversion i think it's there in our constitution itself that and uh, a very uh, i read this uh, judgment of um, uh, reverend uh, i'm not getting the uh, uh, name of the case stanislaw Yes, yes, yes. Thank Which you. One? Reverend Stanislaus. Stanislaus. Yes. Yeah. Yes, sir. So in that judgment, it was uh, very clear that when we say uh, we have the right to profess our religion, it does not mean we have the right to convince someone else to convert. So uh, I think in uh, in the first. But uh, ma'am, ma'am, uh, in. Uh, Tehsin Unawala Judgment versus Union of India, and see, guys, this is how we interact and learn. because we never study law we read law okay and i'll teach you how to read the periods also in this webinar just be patient till the end so ma'am uh, but in tehsil punawala versus union of india the supreme court said that mob lynching is a crime but why the state is not recognizing them so right when then alok shrivastava versus union of india to 2020 supreme court said the fake news is an issue and the my, mass migration of the migrant laborers from delhi gujarat punjab from south india towards east up and bihar and odisha okay and obviously odisha uh, and jharkhand it was because of fake news still we don't have any laws on fake news in the judgment of bellu swami okay it was held that if two people without getting married two unmarried two unmarried people to unmarried heterosexual people living together in a same household in the shared household over a period of time the woman also has the protection of uh, protection of women from domestic violence act section 2 and that is why living, the, the supreme court legitimized the living relationship way back 12 years old uh, but still we don't have any laws for like uh, we still we don't have any laws for living relationship uh sir i um i mean uh, just because we have some legislation it is not mandatory that i mean it is not, not like it, it yeah it is mandatory that it has to be followed in the society but it does not happen that way irrespective of how many ever laws we have so one classic example of this is anti conversion law because i have seen the parallel how many anti conversion laws are there in india uh, when you go down sir 
church and the church shall not interfere in the working of the state. This was, this is the concept of Western secularism. Indian secularism clearly, and if you see the Indian culture, Indian secularism clearly says one thing, Sarva Dharma Sambhav, means all dharms are, all religions are equal. Sarva Dharma Sambhav, and uh, the second part is the Vasudev uh, Katamudam, uh, means the entire world is one family. And all the people living together are, uh, are family members to each other. But now, where the problem has arisen? Please go to the next page, Joel. Yeah, just wait. So, why the controversy has started? First, the growing religious hatred in our country. Second, the propaganda of love jihad by political parties. Now, the problem is, what was the problem? And do we have a loss for it? And how it got clubbed to a political ideology? It is uh, a fact that human trafficking is an offense. Many people from Eastern, uh, from the, uh, they traffic, uh, you know, uh, they lure uh, many young women from Nepal, from uh, to India, from Bihar, Chhattan, uh, even from Andhra Pradesh to the metro cities in the lure of jobs. So it is the lure. And one of the lurement was also a fact by, it, it was done by a minority section of the criminal was also a way of marriage. Yeah, they used to marry that we are going to sell, go in, uh, settle in this country and they used to sell. So what was this? Was this a love job? No. This was a classic example of human trafficking and human trafficking is again defined in Indian Penal Code. Okay. And again, Indian Penal Code also says that if the offense is committed by an Indian all over the place, it is the, the, on the Indian laws will be applicable on that person. Means the IPC, the person will be governed by the IPC. But how it got to convert? But this, what was this offense? An example of human trafficking. But because this offense happened, it gave the uh, opportunity to one of the political party to name it as Lamcha and to propagate their own uh, political ideology. This is the problem. Now, misinformed term of secularism. Often, unfortunately, in our country, now is the situation that secularism is being, uh, you know, propagated as a uh, secularism is now being propagated as, uh, what should I say, that uh, secularism is now propagated as an ideology where it says that uh, secularism means uh, the appeasement of Christians and Muslims in India, which is absolutely false. Secularism simply means that the state shall not have an official religion of its own. State shall treat all the religion equally. State shall not discriminate with any religion. State when the dispute arises between two religious groups, the state will remain, not will, I would use the word, shall remain neutral. That is the actual meaning of secularism. But how it is now being, unfortunately, being propagated is that secularism means the appeasement of minorities, especially appeasement of Muslim and appeasement of Christian, which is absolutely false. And that is why uh, state gets, uh, you know, state get a uh, quick success in bringing in controversial ordinances and, uh, you know, passing such comments and uh, uh, 
people passing such comments and what is the end result that they get a quick benefit uh, whether it's uh, due to their uh, you know in the upcoming elections or any other uh, or any other their political achievements okay that is the uh, issues now up ordinance when we see on paper it looks like uh, okay it's fine but the controversy has arisen that uh, anti conversion laws okay now the state of up had mixed anti conversion and the inter marriage faith uh, along with each other and that is where the controversy had started why because marriage between two individual is a very private affair okay but when you are mixing it with, with politics and with anti conversion law the problem starts now here as i have uh, promised to one of the student that i will defend anti conversion laws also and i will oppose the present up uh, ordinance also and how let's uh, see the example now what is the basic problem now we have to identify that what is basically the problem is basic problem is that yes we have to again at the same point of time we have to accept that illegal mass conversion to take place in india by various religious organization not just targeting the christian missionaries or any other why because we uh, if it just target the christian missionaries that uh, you know they are luring other people they are you know uh, forcing uh, just like uh, the dinashri uh, ma'am gave the example that uh, they are actually luring the people to you know adopt christianity we do have a concept of garbapsi isn't it we do have a concept of kafirs so it is something that we cannot target just one religious organization it is where we have to blame all the religious institution and why the religious institution has been blamed i was reading uh, you know few quotes of jawaharlal nehru the first prime minister of india to whom i admire a lot he said that the religion is a very private affair and the moment religion comes out of the house the problem starts okay now the thing is we have to accept that the illegal conversions are being taking places and who are the prime targets the poor people they are the prime targets they lure them okay you know uh, come to this religion all your problems will be vanished you know adopt this religion your problems will be vanished the people from uh, you know the, the backward community they becomes the uh, biggest uh, one of the biggest targets of these organizations to convert why they'll say that no you're following this religion see uh, they are treating you uh, uh, very badly since ages you are being discriminated at uh, come to this religion we are all are equal again false and also the tribal communities why because tribal communities don't identify themselves in with a particular religion and they follow the idea of animism mean you know they just uh, they uh, pray to uh, some animal figure or some fire god so they have their absolutely separate religious uh, you know their uh, religious practice and these communities becomes the biggest targets of this religious organization for the illegal conversion why am i saying illegal conversion conversion means what like suppose i am reading about islam i'm reading about uh, christianity and i feel i'm reading about uh, sikhism and i feel that 
this particular religion actually uh, you know uh, they it actually attracts me a lot these practices the teaching of uh, this uh, particular messenger or a prophet attracts me a lot and if by my own choice if i get the word in the religion nobody can stop me and that is what the supreme court of india said in the judgment of yosef sign famously known as the hatia judgment words of state of kerala but if someone is regularly instigating me regularly you know uh, trying to uh, what i would say that uh, uh, regularly influencing me that you know uh, don't follow this religion and get converted to this religion this is the one true god okay and uh, sub, uh, giving me regularly influencing me and uh, you know uh, giving uh, compelling me whether, whether by any uh, goods kind money or by any other emotional way that is where it is illegal why because that is where you are misusing uh, a right and that is why you are seeing the, uh, the consent the word consent is being obtained by fraud if you want to read more about consent please read section 88 89 90 of indian penal code that is where you will realize that how the word consent is being interpreted in the criminal jurisprudence consent clearly means that the when the person gives the consent he knows all the consequences of the act he knows uh, for what purpose the consent is being taken and the person is in the position to withdraw his consent at any point of time so if these three full conditions are fulfilled only then the consent is uh, taken uh, is uh, said to have given voluntarily otherwise all these consent are said to either have been taken at by manipulation by coercion or by fear and all these thing in the section 3 of up ordinance act is there but till section 3 is all right but the problem start with section 4 and section 12 of up ordinance will and that is where we are going to discuss but before going to discuss uh, the up ordinance will uh, i don't want to discuss uh, the up just discuss the anti conversion law okay and uh, just to present myself as a spokesperson of uh, uh, just present myself as a different kind of spokesperson of all the political parties so before because you have joined this webinar and i have also launched a course which uh, where i am going to teach you everything about the drafting part of crpc all the important provisions of cpc for drafting the moot court memorials and uh, drafting moot court memorials and uh, how do we write the research papers also and uh, i will share the course detail with you uh, very soon okay and uh, it's a six week course uh, and uh, if you calculate it please i would humbly request please calculate the price also it is that you won't find the, a cheaper uh, course with a cheaper price than mine than, uh, than the mine course and please follow me on linkedin please see the reviews of i have taught more than 1000 students via paid courses please go and uh, see the reviews of my students you will get an idea but before moving forward to the anti conversion part let's uh, take out 10 minutes and let's see how do we read how do we read the peer act and the biggest uh, disadvantage big, biggest problem with the student is that even i was told by my seniors that read a lot of books you know we have to read a lot of books to become good lawyers false this is the biggest lie told to a law student read peer acts first read the peerak develop a habit of reading the peerak and then switch to book like suppose suppose uh, if you want to read constitution of india and you straight away open mpj jn pandey or dd basu 
that's where you are not reading the constitutional law of india that's where you are reading the interpretation of td basu interpretation of mp jain interpretation of jain party of constitution you are not reading the actual constitution so let's see how do we read the bearing clause can we uh, uh, just zoom in uh, so that i can read it up see article 25 constitution of india yeah yeah just wait wait yeah yeah this one yeah this is that's it that's it so this is the direct language and i will explain you how each and every words are interpreted freedom of conscience first thing because when we ask anyone that oh, what do you mean by article 25 article 25 90% of the students will say article 25 means uh, right to religion simple right to religion or freedom of religion that's it over or uh, article 25 means secularism so now let's read and understand what is article 25 freedom freedom means you have a right to freedom of conscience the first word comes at the is the conscience means you have the freedom of conscience means to adopt any faith like suppose in hinduism you have the right to adopt any school of uh, philosophy whether it can be whether you can follow hinduism uh, through brahmo samaj through arya samaj or whether through vaishnavism or shaivism nobody can stop you you want to for be a vaishnav hindu you can follow vaishnavism you uh, vaishnavism means you are studying very well you pray lord vishnu and shaivism means where you uh, pray lord shiva okay or brahmo samaj or arya samaj or even iskon it is your right uh, you know means um, and in hindi it's called uh, पंथ परस्ती मींस कौन से पंथ को आप फॉलो करते स्पेशली इन द सेम वे इस्लाम एंड जस्ट सी दिस वन वर्ड हाउ डीप इज द मीनिंग एंड दैट इज द रीजन व्हाई वी मस्ट ले फोकस ऑन द पीरियड रीडिंग फर्स्ट ओके एंड जस्ट इन द मेन टाइम जस्ट बिफोर मूविंग फॉरवर्ड जस्ट बिकॉज़ यू आर स्टार्टिंग अ न्यू कांसेप्ट ना सो इट विल जस्ट bring a change of mood to you yeah so in the chat box i have shared the course details also please uh, the link has been shared i will humbly request please at least go through this syllabus one 12 live classes six recording session 18 classes for one month and 15 days even if you have any exams or any internships all the classes are on friday saturday and sunday from 4 pm onwards there are no chances that my classes will collide with your internships with your exams or with your classes but in case you miss out to any classes still i am going to give you recordings for 15 days so okay so now moving forward to now let's come back to again to the bearet reading what does it says freedom of conscience like and now suppose if you are a muslim so you are right whether you want to follow whether you want to be a sunni or whether you want to be a shia and even in the sunni if you know if you are a sunni muslim we have five schools of sunni muslims and in india the famously the school of uh, thought which is followed amongst the majority of the muslims in india is the hanafi school of law okay so, uh, similarly with the christians whether you want to be a protestant whether you want to be a catholic you have the freedom and that is what constitution of india the article uh, 25 the first three words tells you freedom of conscience and then there is a comma and it says 
free profession means you can freely declare your faith and your belongingness that yes i belong to this particular religion i will follow this uh, religion i am you can identify yourself as the, the to uh, this religious one then it is then the word is practice it means that you have the right to practice any ritual custom related to that religion nobody can stop you but again the word practice is being uh, interpreted in a uh, it's usually but uh, that will come later and then propagation of religion propagation of religion means you have the right to spread awareness about your religion and nobody can stop you if you want to promote the teaching of jesus christ you can spread the you can spread the teaching of jesus christ you can spread the teaching of bible you can spread the teaching of prophet muhammad you can spread the teaching of guru nanak dev you can spread the teaching of bhagavad gita nobody can stop you but you cannot manipulate remember this word manipulate someone to convert into a particular religion it is mistakes it is the choice of the other person you cannot say you can just spread the knowledge about your religion the persons adopting your religion or not adopting it's that person's choice and that is what it was held in the judgment of stanley's versus state of mp 1977 supreme court it means propagation does not mean conversion right to convert some other person is not a fundamental right but yes it is your fundamental right to that you can follow any other religion and the famous unfortunate examples are missionaries videos which comes up in the uh, social media so many times which is taking place in punjab at the uh, at, at a such a rapid pace kharwapsi again one of the biggest i would say the attack on the secular fabric of the country Kharwapsi, you know, because they are saying that no, all the basic religion is Hinduism, which uh, you know I would have to disagree. And uh, the way uh, you know the suppression of minority rights are being taken place because of this term is again something troublesome. Uh, Joy, please move forward. Please go to the next page. Just wait. Sponsored conversion. Sponsored conversion. There was a very famous, uh, uh, you know, person who was spreading uh, his religious teaching through uh, through uh, social media. Uh, all these sponsored conversions, and they are basically banned and they are illegal. Why? Because this is where I am defending that anti-conversion. That anti-conversion laws are valid, but. what is the problem with the up ordinance and why i am opposing up ordinance this will come now but article 25 sub clause 1 what does it says subject to means provided that subject to public order means you have freedom of conscience freedom of profession freedom of practice and freedom of propagation of any religion but what is it subject to it is subject to public order by public order means going to a religious place is not your fundamental right going to temple going to masjid going to church is not a fundamental it's uh, you can it is your right you should follow it but it is subject to public order ismail farooqi judgment always remember uh, the supreme court said that yes uh, the religious places are not the integral part of the religion right fully why because suppose Uh, subject to public order like you know when this pandemic uh, was uh, taking place 
all the religious sites, all the religious places were closed and a few of the religious places were allowed by state and later on by the Supreme Court, which was again, I would say it was, I would say that that judgment invited a right constructive criticism. It was not right to allow mass gathering in the name of religion and uh, the courts should have been more strict while giving those uh, two to three controversial decisions okay and that too during the pandemic lockdown now subject to public order subject to morality subject to health and any other provisions all the persons are entitled to freedom of conscience means you can follow any religion and right to freely profess practice and propagate the religion means subject to all these things means that this fundamental right also is subject to it is subject to what it is subject to uh, reasonable restrictions and uh, just uh, smile for yes okay and nothing in this article nothing means it says whenever you find this word nothing it clearly said that that particular section is not absolute to uh, nothing in this article shall affect the operation of any existing law or prevent the state from making any law means unlike the western secularism india secularism says that the state can interfere where it can interfere that is the question state can interfere where in the optional religious practice in uh, this uh, but in not in the mandatory religious practice like suppose if you want to pray you are praying at your home. Praying to God is your fundamental right and it is an absolute, it is the mandatory, uh, I would say mandatory religious practice, not the optional one. And state cannot force you or cannot stop you from praying to your God. That is, uh, see, basic re religious right is what? Like you want to pray to any God, you want to offer namaz or you want to do puja or you want to, uh, you know, read Bible. Nobody can stop you. The state cannot stop you. But state can definitely interfere in the optional religious practice, such as the way state interfered in triple command, the state uh, like polygamy, like Janmashtami, uh, you know, uh, organizing that uh, festival of Janmashtami, the Ihanti festival or the Jalikattu. Okay. And uh, where was the judgment uh, was given? Uh, the famous judgment like Jalikattu, Shabrimala judgment, optional religious practice, and Hanif Kureshi judgment like uh, slaughter of cow as on uh, on Bakri uh, as a sacrifice state said that uh, it is your right to offer sacrifice on Bakri but it is your option means uh, you can offer the sacri uh, sacrifice of uh, you know of a goat also or a sheep also it is not mandatory that you will offer the cow slaughter on, only so that's where the state can interfere means if you want if you are uh, if you are offering uh, goat or uh, goat or sheep as a sacrifice you want to offer anything as a sacrifice you sacrifice if you want to offer cow also you offer it but that's where the state can interfere if it is going against morality or public order if someone other person is objecting to it okay now uh, it's uh, we are on the six now we are coming to the end but please go to this uh, second term yeah now i have defended that uh, how, uh, you know, how uh, the anti-conversion laws are constitutional, but now I am going to oppose it. That where the problem is, where this is creating a problem. 
now the problem is for see if you read tahsin puna wala judgment the supreme court said that the law should serve three purposes preventive measures punitive measures mean the punishment part and the remedy remedial measures mean the providing the remedy part so i strongly feel that anti conversion laws like the convert the state the laws which are made by the mp state of mp or the state of odisha all these laws are preventive in nature they they actually lack uh, what should i say that uh, they actually lack the, the uh, they actually have a very less of the punitive measures okay but the problem is that uh, in the state of up their ordinance they have clubbed anti conversion as well as the interfaith marriage now the question arises that do we have the laws for interfaith marriage or not was it required to you know uh, was it required to make uh, a, a special laws for interfaith marriage i don't think so why because we already have a national laws on that and what which is the law special marriage act what is the special marriage act it says that people from other community if there are two people two consenting adults both the people suppose there is a hindu and a muslim who wants to marry each other they can marry each other through special marriage act and what are the condition first of all first condition is that they should not be please read uh, because we are running out of time and i have to take your questions also i would definitely request you that please read section 2 first of uh, in uh, of uh, special marriage act okay of 1954 it says that what is a degree of prohibited relationship like if two people are into a degree of prohibited relationship then they cannot use a special marriage act as a tool and marry each other okay so you can see how strong the law is uh, uh, all these are uh, uh, and now for some niche group section 4 hi yeah 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 that's that's okay okay now section 4 what does it says what that what are the conditions which are related to solemnization of special marriage act now whenever you read this word notwithstanding in any where always write with a pencil that it means in spite of anything contained so in spite of anything contained in uh, in spite of anything any uh, of the law from the time of being forced related to solemnization of marriage a marriage between any two person may be solemnized under this act if at the time of marriage neither party uh, if neither party have a living spouse means if there is any law which prohibits but there are two parties and two parties and if they don't have any uh, living spouse with them to whom they have not given the divorce or both the parties are capable of giving the valid consent remember that why i stressed focused on this word consent they cannot give a consent to each other Uh, means uh, they can give sorry uh, they are they are capable of giving valid consent to each other they don't have a living spouse they are allowed to marry with each other please go to the next page now yeah explanation part uh, unless and until the, uh, the customs allow yeah you can read section 2 and section 4 uh, all these things uh, gives a very holistic picture and that is why i strongly feel that uh, Uh, bringing another law which deals with the same topic it's nothing but uh, creating controversy please go to the next page why because of section 5 yeah and in section 
and gives all the definition of special marriage act section 5 gives you all the essential condition that you have to give it to the guest state you have to declare to the guest state that what or why you are married to each other that you are fulfilling to each and every conditions you are uh, if you are going to change your religion there is an official guest state you have to mention over there also and section 5 says that the notice of intended marriage means if you are going to marry each other you have to first give a notice you have to first give an advertisement in the newspaper that we are going to marry each other if someone has any objection kindly tell us means it is done to you know rule out the possibility of bigamy okay that if someone you know to rule out a possibility of bigamy why because like suppose if someone has a living spouse and like suppose there are two person who are in delhi and the man had a living spouse in bangalore and uh, they want to get married to each other so it is essential that they have to first declare a notice and they have to first advertise about their marriage so that if there is a living spouse to whom she has not given the divorce she should be known and she can take action against uh, such kind uh, such, such kind of illegal marriages so just to rule out the possibilities of bigamy these things are there so all those things which are there in up ordinance such as giving the notice 60 days in advance because in here it is said that 30 days in advance the official if you are going to change your religion it also provides that you have to declare in the official guest state that uh, i am adopting this particular religion the essential criteria and uh, all the definitions are more or less same so what was the reason of when you have already have a law when you already have a law there was no reason for combining interfaith marriage along with illegal conversion and that is where the controversy has started now very quickly what was the controversy uh, and now i'm going to highlight few things from uh, a research paper which was published in ili law review winter 2020 edition i will also request you to everyone that please go and read that research paper please go to the next page now we have only three pages left and i'll quickly yes it, in this Uh, state uh, in the uh, section three also says that uh, you know that for the purpose of marriage nobody can compel you know nobody can compel any other person by the way of force or coercion to adopt this particular religion. Till section three, the ordinance is fine. There is no problem in the ordinance in the UP anti-conversion ordinance. But and also the state of UP is fiercely defending the ordinance, stating that in the same judgment. Stanislaus versus state of Madhya Pradesh it was clearly held that right to convert anyone is not a fundamental right and the state is doing nothing but a mere regularization of this uh, interfaith marriage just to avoid confusion and discrimination and also the uh, illegal conversion on the ground of marriage again the thing is we already have a law Okay, we already have. A, if the state of UP would have brought a simple uh, anti-conversion bill as a preventive measures, it would have been fine. There would have been no issues. Why? Because if someone is uh, converting another person by emotional, I would say, let's uh, take the example of obtaining a consent emotionally or by blackmailing the other person and married to that person and converts into the other person. the person still has the liberty to file an fir why and uh, and uh, and uh, under which section the girl has the right to file an fir why because the state because if the consent is obtained illegally 
and the marriage takes place. Now understand this clearly. The consent is taken illegally. The marriage takes place under special marriage act, and the person gets converted. But later on, the person, uh, when the uh, the fear or the coercion has done uh, as uh, gone away, the person can file a police complaint stating that because because her consent was obtained by fraud or by force the marriage shall not be recognized the court shall not recognize the marriage and if the marriage is not recognized and the consummation of marriage takes place it is nothing but rape so see the law is there law is strong okay uh, i like uh, alex uh, i'll again explain it to you just wait what does the section 375 says that if there is a sexual intercourse between a, ma a husband and a wife it is not a rape exception 2 of section 375 but if someone if a person belonging to one religion a marries b of another religion he obtains he uh, you know he has forced the b emotionally or by any other means he has obtained the consent of B to convert into this religion and marry under special marriage. The woman has the liberty to file a complaint that this marriage should not be recognized. Why? Because it is violating the condition mentioned in section 2 and section 4 of special marriage. Act. So the court will ultimately will not recognize the marriage and the girl has the right to file a case of rape simple so that is where i am saying that the up ordinance bill it is unconstitutional otherwise the constitutionality of anti-conversion laws is there if they are anti-conversion laws are legal are constitutional but the up ordinance uh, the up ordinance is illegal and i'm sure and i hope that the UP ordinance does not stand the that uh, does not stand the test of reasonableness in the court and should be declared unconstitutional. Why? Because it is clubbing two issues: interfaith marriages and and uh, illegal conversion. Why? Because for interfaith marriages, we already have a valid and a well-established law. Now the second point: what is the controversy part? Section four. It says that. How the controversy has arrived. Even if you, even today, if the section 4 and section 12 are removed from UP ordinance bill, even if it is keeping marriage as a part, if uh, the state of UP just removes section 4 and section 12 from their ordinance, then the bill is okay. Now, why? Why? Because, uh, why up till now it is controversial? Because of these two sections. Now, let's analyze. Section 4. Section 4 says, that if A and B are getting married to each other and both of them are, uh, you know, both of them are what? Uh, uh, both of them are belong to different religion. So, if uh, something illegal has taken place, then the woman or the man uh, can file a complaint against each other, right? Why? Because bigamy is a gender, rape is not gender neutral, but bigamy is a gender neutral crime. Please read section 494 and 495 again of IPC. And uh, I have taught uh, this uh, all these sections in detail in the month of June when I was teaching IPC. Now, section 4, the controversy is that two person has got married. Now, if they are if it is an interfaith marriages, there are 
high chances close to 90% of the time that their parents will not approve their relation okay their parents or their relatives or their siblings will be angry with that kind of relation so section 4 allows the siblings also the parents also to file a complaint against that couple and that is where the problem starts why because suppose the woman okay like suppose there is a hindu woman or a muslim woman who is going to marry a man who belongs to another uh, religion she is she has happily given her consent there are two like uh, there are two like two advocates the husband is hindu wife is muslim or vice versa both of them are well educated both of them love each other both of them are advocate they want to get married now the parents are not approving now the father of uh, the father of the husband and the mother of the uh, wife both are furious now section 4 is allowing that uh, both of them who has got nothing to do with this union of a husband and a wife can go and file a complaint against them that is where the biggest controversy arises okay although the wife or the husband might not have any problem with the relation but it is allowing the relatives also with the pretext that that uh, the uh, party to the marriage might be under the influence or force so that's why it is allowed it is nothing it is just read the last line that is where it allows first mischief misinterpretation and misuse of the bill on the part of public executive and legislature all these three people can grossly misuse this particular provision and that is why you can see that in last since the time this ordinance has brought close to there have been close to 200 people in the state of up which is again illegal up till now i'm again saying interfaith marriages interfaith marriages are not illegal interfaith marriages are legal and law governing interfaith marriages are there special marriages and at the same time i am still stressing to the fact that anti conversion laws are legal why anti conversion laws are more of preventive in nature and but up ordinance bill is not constitutional why it is uh, unnecessarily unnecessarily unreasonably arbitrarily has mixed interfaith marriages given the name uh, to the love jihad and has clubbed Uh, has clubbed anti-conversion laws also uh, for uh, for in order to propagate their political ideology. Okay, section twelve, the biggest controversial thing. It says that the burden of the proof lies on the person, not the person who has converted, but the person who has converted, who has caused the conversion. and he has to prove that he is not uh, he is not guilty and he has not converted the another person he has not converted the another person by the way of coercion or by the way of force again it is highly illegal apart from section 113 apart from like uh, section 113 b of indian penal code uh, which talks about the death caused by dowry death which talks about basically the dowry death because it has got another really uh, it has got very specific reasons for that where the onus of proving where the presumption shifts uh, to the process uh, shifts on the accused but here it is unnecessarily done why because if even if even if the person 
is converted on his own choice to another religion, the burden of proof does not lie on that person, but on the other person who has caused the conversion. And it will again, it will create nothing but misuse of law and obviously, uh, you know, misuse of law. And that's why I said that uh, these two particular sections are arbitrary in nature, unreasonableness, and uh, they are uh, highly uh, unreasonable and uh, they are unjust. And obviously, I don't think because of the section 4 and section 12, UP anti-conversion ordinance shall not uh, uh, shall not stand in the court of law. And uh, again, as, said, uh, as it was held in uh, Menka Gandhi versus Union of India, uh, Menka Gandhi, uh, 1978, Supreme Court clearly said that the state can make any law, but that due process, see, I have written this, uh, this word is also that, that the due process model of criminal law is highly violated because of Section 12. So now I hope it is very much clear. I have given a very balanced and a holistic view that what is conversion, what is Article 25, what is your freedom of right, what is what are the laws which deals with interfaith marriage, what are the laws which deals with anti-conversion, how anti-conversion laws are constitutional, why? Because it is preventive in nature. But at the same point of time, uh, mixing interfaith marriage with anti-conversion law, that is where all the problems arise. Now please go to the next page, Joel. And Shafiq Jahan uh, the Hadiya case I have discussed with you. Uh, this Nidhiya, this uh, Madhya Pradesh Dharma Swatantrata Adhiniyam ordinance means uh, ordinance and the Orisa Freedom of Religion at 1967 it clearly says that uh, you know uh, that uh, anti-conversion laws are basically they are recognized and that is where the Spanish judgment was given 1978 that too by Supreme Court not by the Madhya Pradesh right? okay please go to the last page now Next video. Now, what are my recommendations? First of all, that's what I have been saying from the start that anti-conversion laws should be more of a preventive nature and not of punitive nature. Why? Because if we read uh, the punitive part, the punishment part in UP ordinance, uh, the punishment are uh, up to five years also, and when it deals with the SCSP people, uh, the punishment goes up to seven years also. So that is, and the fine, how much will be the fine? It is again not defined. So that is something that uh, has created a lot of controversy. But otherwise, anti-conversion, I am again defending anti-conversion laws, not the UP ordinance. Why? Because interfaith marriage should be kept aside of anti-conversion. How uh, illegal conversions are taking place? I have given you a lot of examples for it. But that is different from uh, uh, that is different from interfaith marriages. And that is why I strongly feel that anti-conversion laws, even if the state is drafting, anti-conversion law should be more of preventive in nature rather than being punitive. Okay. And second thing, anti-conversion laws related to marriage is not required as the condition of special marriage act fulfills all the criteria. Okay, like uh, they have to, the, the couple should not be into a prohibited relationship. They should not, they should be able to give the valid consent. If they don't give the valid consent, there is no marriage. The marriage is null and void. And the couple should not have a living spouse. Okay, only then 
they are allowed to allowed under special marriage act and also uh, before uh, marriage uh, before marrying under uh, under uh, special marriage act they have to give a notice period of 30 days only then they can marry so i strongly feel that the anti conversion law related to marriage to the best of my knowledge and ability it's not at all required in india last but not the least uh, again this is my personal observation that the state and society please i'll read it out what i have written the state and society should focus on social level and need to think that why the organizations who are propagating illegal conversions gets the opportunity why they get the opportunity to uh, uh, go for illegal conversion why because they capitalize they capitalize on the vulnerabilities of those people who are getting converted for example isn't this fault of uh, the people of upper caste that they have regularly like i am a brahmin i i keep questioning the people also that uh, is it this our fault that uh, we have discriminated backward community so much that it got it gave the opportunities to the other religious organization to ask them to get converted and that to illegally that to uh, you know obtaining their consent by by giving them money or by giving them uh, any other uh, incentives but not uh, through their actual teaching of their uh, religions isn't this our fault so that is where and why because who are the most of the people who are getting converted most of them are tribals and the backward communities they are the biggest target why because it is our fault that we have left these people at a vulnerable stage and when the person is vulnerable vulnerability invites crime i'm a criminal lawyer and that's why i can say all these things with more, in a more precise manner when there is vulnerability it invites crime automatically and because of the vulnerability and because of the constant discrimination which they have faced it has given the opportunities to this organization to cash upon it and to uh, spread their illegal uh, their uh, the illegal propagation of their religion and the mass conversion thank you so much so now i am open to your questions okay i just hope that i have given a very very balanced view it is very important i have presented 25 research paper i have got seven publications also and that is where i keep stressing uh, the fact that please for god's sake now you can stop the screen sharing joel that please research a lot please read a lot yes. that please read a lot do a lot of research work why because when you do a lot of research work it's for this webinar trust me i i had a webinar in the morning for 3 hours then i had a client meeting with my colleagues and then i uh, i came back home by 5:30 i took a rest and i said that joel i just you know before this webinar guys i was share, i was talking with joel that uh, joel i think i have chosen a wrong topic that it might become controversial but he was like sir please if, you, if it is possible that you know can you prepare a webinar which is more balanced so i was like fine so because of the research work which i have done for years for like 4 5 years you know i have failed in uh, my law school also and that's where i which is taught me one of my biggest lessons and all the research work all the analytical skills which i have been practicing from last 4 years not 4 years i would say like 4 yeah 
from 2017 onwards. Okay, that has actually helped me that within 30 to 35 minutes, I prepared all the contents for your webinar. Because I knew that how I have to balance it, how I have to explain you, uh, the Minaj, I will explain the answer. That how I have to explain you the concept and I have to explain you the controversy and I can ask you to think over it. Okay, my humble request, read a lot, start reading the Beirut first, research a lot. And please, uh, that's where you'll end up being a good lawyer, okay? So yeah, the first question is, sir, so do you think that India can devise a uniform marriage law? If yes, what are the challenges legislature will face customary law? Because in especially among the Hindus, the customary laws are different from each other in South India. Because if you read the Hindu Marriage Act, it has a proviso clause. It has the proviso clause that, uh, you know, it has got the proviso clause that the custom allows the marriage amongst third cousins in Hindus, especially in, in the southern part of India. And again, there are a lot of customary practice in North India, which are way more different from the customary marriage, which are there in the East, uh, which are practiced in the Eastern, Eastern part of India. So the biggest challenge will be the uh, customary marriage, the custom. But I strongly feel that even if we bring the customary practice as an exception, I will strongly feel that yes, uniform, especially regarding the uniform marriage laws is, is the need of the earth. It was said and uh, it was held in the by the Supreme Court in lots of judgments, especially the famous judgment of Sarla Mudgal versus Union of India, where the husband of Sarla Mudgal changed his religion just to in our, uh, uh, he he wanted that and he, he didn't want to divorce his wife me or he was not able to obtain divorce uh, from his wife and he converted to another religion and he married to his uh, the uh, to the other person. So the Supreme Court said. That such conversion means such marriages, the second marriages are illegal and the person shall be prosecuted for bigamy. So I strongly feel and same thing was held in Shahbano judgment, same thing was held in Yeli uh, Thomas judgment and I strongly feel that uh, even if the uniformity of marriage laws are not brought, at least registration of all the marriages like uh, in, in Islamic marriage we have the concept of nikahanama right so I strongly feel that the registration of the marriage should be made mandatory means all the marriages should be registered so that the state uh, or, or, or the judiciary should have the knowledge that to, to a person who's marrying okay so I strongly feel that the registration of the marriage should be made compulsory okay uh, Any you. other questions? Thank you, sir. Uh, I, I, as of now, we are com commencing the question question answer session. So, if any of the participants would like to address uh, their queries with regard to the title, can kindly put forward in the chat box or may unmute themselves and uh, accordingly address the gathering. Yes, we have a question from Tinashri. Sir, is the UP ordinance against any personal laws related to marriage in India? No, no, no. UP ordinance is not going against the personal law of any uh, of India. It is simply going against the constitutional law of India. Okay. I just hope now it is clear. Yeah. I've explained. See, anti-conversion law 
if in, if it is drafted as a preventive law it is fine but the problem in the up conversion law is that it has clubbed interfaith marriages for which we already have a law in india and section 4 means any person can complain means who has like suppose i'm marrying to a woman she may be of any other religion she may be a christian she may be a muslim she may be a sikh okay or she may be a parsi what purpose the other person has in my marriage nothing unless and until my wife okay is complaining to the police regarding any offense that is a different matter or my wife asks her brother or her parents to complain about me that is a different thing but just because i am marrying a woman that does not mean that my parents my sibling or the sibling of my wife or my uh, you know sibling or parents of my wife gets the right to go and complain about me and if suppose i am marrying a, uh, a woman and she came to my house uh, we have started living together and she has adopted hinduism section 12 then it should have been the owner should have been on the uh, women that uh, she should be able to prove or suppose if i am marrying a christian woman or a muslim woman and i have converted into islam or uh, i have adopted uh, or i have converted into christianity if the owner should have remained on me that i should be able to go to the court and tell that my conversion was willful i have converted to this religion willfully and nobody has forced me now the burden of the proof has been uh, uh, thrown to the wife or to the partner to whom the conversion was done for whom the conversion was done and that is where the illegality has started okay so i just hope i have very carefully without any make without making any controversial statement i have you know uh, i have separated both the issues and i have explained the constitutionality okay and please i will humbly request please connect on linkedin please go through my course and the syllabus it's a wonderful uh, uh, course which i have designed myself or uh, and the classes will be of close to 4 hours the recordings will also be given please i will humbly request please uh, enroll in my class okay so uh, next if there are any more questions kindly uh, put forward this is the link what sir has uh, with regard to the, the, the classes by yes. sir uh with regard to the webinar so we have received uh, some other questions as well uh yeah, yeah sure sure Please how ask. how successful is the anti conversion law in india to prevent activists like love jihad because there is also an aspect of uh, uh, there is nothing for love jihad right. i strongly feel that all right see so i think because the uh, because the the participant had noted that there have been several instances of uh, like the anti terrorism and ats finding out uh, group i know i know i know there have been cases okay. that a person who belongs to a muslim community changed his name influenced a girl and got married and after the marriage it was found that uh, he was the person was not hindu or you know and uh, the person was muslim then what will happen is it simple the, we have a laws for it that's what i said that it is the marriage the court will not recognize the marriage okay the court will not recognize the marriage why because the consent of the woman was obtained by fraud it is not a marriage it is a rape case provided provided if the consummation of marriage is done if the marriage is not consummated okay still it is kidnapping uh-huh. sorry abduction simple so ipc is there uh-huh. we have laws for it 
Anyone else would like to put forward the queries, or we could uh, move to the, fi the, the, the final end of, of the session. Uh, but at the, again, at the same point of time, we have to accept that thing also that illegal conversion are being done by max, most of the religious organization. Just as we see all those YouTube, uh, all those videos in the Facebook, where the, some of the missionaries are trying to convince people that you know uh, you are the, uh, the viral videos. And the viral video which came about recently. The issue has given me the power. I'll take back your disease and all this mm. drama. Or the Kharbapsi uh, issues which has now originated very recently. These things, just to stop these things, anti-conversion laws are being made. So, here anti-conversion laws are not punitive in nature. They are preventive in nature. They here, the law, the purpose of anti-conversion law is to prevent illegal conversion. Otherwise, if you want to follow any religion, Article 25 is there for you. Okay. So, there's one more question. Is there a punitive action against those who want to reconvert to their original faith? Or like, what what, what is the term no, no original can faith stop. can be? Or what can be the term original faith or original religion can be if you want to reconvert to the same faith? Previous faith, simple. Like, suppose there is a Muslim who converted into Christianity. He wants to again adopt Islam. He is going back to his uh, parents' faith. Why? Because his parents were Muslim. Like suppose if I'm a Hindu, I got converted into Christianity or Islam or Sikhism. Okay, or Pars, uh, not Parsi because they don't have a concept of uh, adopting, uh, converting into Parsi religion. But like only Christianity and take example of Christianity and uh, Islam. But now I, st I feel that no, I should go back to my original religion. Then the term will be nothing. My parents' religion. My parents are Hindu, right? Yeah. And uh, okay, Joel, give me an example of uh, this kind of uh, reconversion. Very famous example, guys. Please participate. So, uh, there, uh, he was a Hindu. He got converted into Islam, and later on, he again became Hindu. Not sure. The eldest son of Mahatma Gandhi. Uh -huh. Read about it. Yeah. Simple. So religion is nothing but a very private affair and religion means how a person wants to connect his soul to Almighty. If the person feels he wants to, he, he is able to connect to Almighty with the with the way of Islamic teaching, he can adopt Islam. If he feels he, he can connect to the God by the way of uh, the teaching of the Jesus, he can convert into Christianity. If he feels by, he should, he is able to connect uh, with the God by the teaching of uh, Guru Nanak Dev or, or all the ten Gurus, then he can adopt Sikhism. If he feels that now he is able to connect himself to the uh, God by the way of Hinduism, by the way of Sanatandha, he can uh, uh, follow the Sanatan Dharam. And in the Sanatan Dharam, it's not that he have to follow a particular sect of Sanatan Dharam. Sanatan Dharam is very wide. He can follow any. When, see, Sanatan Dharam means religion. Dharam means religion. And the sub part of the religion is the sect. S-E-C-T. Okay? Panth Parasti. Panth. In Hindi, it's called Panth. He can follow any Panth. Iskon, Vaishnavism. In the Vaishnavism, Brahmo Samaj, Arya Samaj, there are a lot of other ways. It's up to them, they can follow any path. It's just, and that's why I said that, that's why I follow the principle of Jawaharlal Nehru that religion means it's a very private affair. It's a very private affair of a person and his God. Okay? Yeah. Any other question?
if you have any other questions, you may put, put it forward or you could over to a close. Uh, I think with that being said, uh, yeah. So can the phenomenon Hindutva be called a sect? Uh, uh, just be I, clear. I have to disagree. I have to disagree. Hindutva is something when we read the history. Hindutva is something which uh, has a history of nine decades, I guess. It was coined around 1920s by the person uh, who was that person. Though, yeah, comments, yeah. So I, I, I personally disagree with the. See, there are a lot of followers of Vinayak Damodar Savarkar, but I personally disagree with this, with the opinion of B.D. Savarkar. Okay, for me, my definition of my Sanatan Dharam is uh, way much different. My way, my definition of Sanatan Dharam is a lot holistic, and I disagree with the religious, with the views of V.D. Uh, Savarkar. I will not comment that whether that is right or wrong, but I disagree. Okay. I think with that being said, uh, if there are any further questions, we can put it forward. Or as you can also contact Sir uh, by LinkedIn as Sir has put yeah, forward. I'll, say, I'll again message my just wait. I'll again share my uh, LinkedIn ID with you. And now, because in next uh, three days, I have got four four webinars lined up, and this by being my. Which forty uh, seventh webinar? So yeah, I'll touch uh, I'll touch fifty. Uh, I'll cross the mark of fifty within this week of uh, conducting fifty webinars. And and it took me one year. I start. I gave my first webinar on twelfth July twenty. I've gave my first webinar uh, on twentieth twelfth July twenty twenty. Thank you, sir. Uh, so I think uh, with that being said, uh, we I would request if Minaj is on the call to to kindly give the uh, de deliver the vote of thanks and also thanks, sir, for being for joining us in the session. On that note, sir, we we would like to thank you for participating in this webinar hosted by Argumenter Podcast, and specifically giving us your inputs and your insights on secularism in India and also uh, how certain anti-conversion laws are actually do actually have a good intent through the legislature but actually interfere in the personal affairs of the people by also including interfaith marriages and I think it was beautifully explained by you as to how we already have the Special Marriage Act for interfaith marriages and how the anti-conversion laws which interfere in interfaith marriage also are anti-constitutional and go against the, uh, the constitutional principles mentioned under Article 25. So then we thank you for your participation and we thank you for your knowledge that you've imparted on all of us. And uh, for all the participants, we request you to check out Sir's courses, to connect with Sir on, on LinkedIn and also check out Argumento podcast on LinkedIn, Instagram, YouTube, Spotify and other platforms. I think on that note, we can end this webinar. So we thank you. Uh, thank you so much once again, uh, everyone, for joining in. Uh, do fill up the uh, feedback form before you leave uh, because this is essential regarding the certification and also with regard to connecting with Sir in the future as well. And uh, do do kindly do so. And thank you all for joining us once again. And uh, hope you all do well. And also, also do, do check out Sir's, uh, the course, what he uh, mentioned as well. And uh, thank you for joining us once again. Thank you. Thank you, sir.